We are live. I pray nothing breaks. I am on a new operating system. This is really, really kind of spooking me. But here we are. This is Should the show. Refugees of Eorzea. Episode Hello. four. We are talking about casters. We took a little break. Sorry about that. Some things came up. Yeah. We're recording now. Yes. Uh... I have with me here my lovely co-host, Eva. Hello. Hi, Kara. Hi. And we have the wonderful, the amazing Isaac as a guest. Yeah. The professional so Uwe clear. Yes. You guys are way too kind to me. <laughs> uh, I just I just like this video game. Yeah. Like pressing buttons and seeing giant explosions. Very fun. Thank you for the reference and the last. I mean, that's kind of what uh, playing a caster is all about, right? Yeah, it's about pressing buttons, making things blow up in a more dramatic fashion than anyone else. That's exactly how it is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, casters. Yes. Casting spells? So you're telling me these spells are real? Yeah, casters are a little finicky. They mm-hmm. they have to stop. They have to cast. They, they have do to the stand still. They they do this at a range, but unlike physical ranged, they they have to stand still. They can be anywhere, as long as it's within range of cast. So they don't have to be close like melee does. Yeah. But they do have a max range still, and uh, <laughs> it's pretty big. Yeah. But um, I, honestly, most of the time though, you kind of want to be close to bosses. Yeah, just, yeah. Just I've found I've, anyway. I've played casters, specifically summoner, a lot, and I've found best place to stand, literally right under the boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, just like right, right, right in their crotch, just. You know, lets you move around, lets you uh, use your little slide cast, and mm-hmm. dodge slide cleaves cast. and stuff. Yes, slide casting. So we, we have cast bars here. Yes. So if we're talking about slide casting, it's, uh, it's a uh, technique, a advanced technical ability that you can use. The way the net code works is that it gives you a little buffer window to compensate for delay from the server mm-hmm. to your computer, but you can use this because there's a little window, depending on your ping, at the end of your cast bar where you can move and the cast will still finish. This is so called slide casting. For me, it's when my cast bar hits about 20%. For most people, it's a bit lower than that. I live in a different continent than the server I'm on. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, my GCD is 2.48, and I can typically get away with 2.1 to 2.2, which is, like, 0.2 to 0.3 seconds of movement. Doesn't get you very far, but it, it, uh, it could save you. Gets you far enough. Yeah. Uh, What is this... Insta cast, dual casting, and triple casting. Triple casting. Uh, 
What is triple it? Cast. Tri- oh. Triple cast is a black mage thing. Oh, see, I don't play uh, black mage. Yeah, so a bunch of classes have uh, instant cast moves. Uh, yes. And by a bunch of classes, I mean it's summoner. Su- summoner gets those. <laughs> <laughs> Scholar gets them too, but this isn't the healer episode. We did that last week. So, mm-hmm. uh, so Car, would you like to tell us about instant casts <clears throat> and how they help with everything? Uh, they don't. They don't? All right, thanks. Well, certain ones don't. If you're a level 80 summoner, yeah. um, your Ruin 3 is going to be your like main filler move. It's kind of what you, what you want to be spamming when you don't have anything else to do. But it locks you down. The lower potency version is Ruin 2, and you'll have that as well. It is instant, but it is lower potency. So doing that is a DPS loss. However, you can move with it. But what you want to be doing is you want to be using your pet actions, your eggy assaults, as they are called. Because those are instant. instant Those are instant. And your pet will just do its thing, and you can move around as you cast them. Mm -hmm. Summoner's really mobile. It's kind of crazy, actually. It really is. (laughs) Running on the fairs, it's arguably be the most mobile of them all. Mm-hmm. <sighs> except, uh, uh, except when it comes to the demi summons, but we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, Isaac, do you want to explain dual casting? Dual casting is a specific ability given to red mages, where you cast one spell, and then you're immediately able to insta cast another spell right after. So, red mage. If you were to play it, what you always do, or you prefer to do, is you cast a short time spell, and you immediately cast a higher potency, longer cast time spell. And that way, you have a lot of mobility, you have a lot of freedom, and you get a lot more spells out. Yes. Yeah, it's the signature thing for the whole class. Single I would class say. Can do it. Yeah, I would say Red Mage is very mobile as well. Uh, Black Mage gets a cool move called triple cast where your next three casts are casted instantaneously uh we'll get into how you use that later but you don't get to move black mage has to stand still the whole time <laughs> fuck you uh, the turret caster yep they have to stand still um mm-hmm. in savage raids what we tend to see a lot of is a black mage places down their little circle on the ground that makes them cast faster and then they stand in that circle regardless of where the rest of the party is or where mechanics are happening. And if they're very, very good, they they, they don't die. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, uh, so this is this other thing here called Addle. It is a roll action, which means that all of the casters get it. It is a thing that you can weave in, and it applies a debuff to whatever you're targeting which reduces their intelligence. Now, that doesn't sound very important, but you have to realize that magic damage scales off of intelligence. And pretty much everything in the game does magic damage. So if you're addling something and reducing its intelligence, as long as that's up, you'll be taking less magic damage. Which is very, very good. 10%, yeah. It's a 10% intelligence debuff. 
which is the same amount of damage as a tank's reprisal. The only difference being a tank's reprisal uh, is multiple targets and affects all types of damage. Yours is a bit more situational. Yeah. But it's still very good. Use it and during... And if you can like... identify what moves need to use it, it, it will be very useful. Mm -hmm. And there's like certain timings and certain boss fights where if you're using it on cooldown and you start it at the right spot, it'll line up with the next big thing that needs to get addled. Which is really nice. Um, stat priorities. Crit. <laughs> crit. Crit direct. Crit. Crit direct. Um, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Black, Mage Black Mage has yeah. spell speed priorities. Yes. Okay. Um, Black Mage has two different builds. One which in which you stack crit and direct hit and determination. The other one in which you stack on as much spell speed as you can possibly get. Um, without compromising your critical hit and direct hit too much. I think uh, the spell speed build would probably be more fun, to be honest. Oh, it super is. Uh, the only issue is um, Black Mage has two phases to their rotation. You have the fire phase where you cast all your fire spells till you run out of MP, and mm -hmm. you switch back to ice. You cast all your spe and you cast like two or three spells there, and then you get all your MP back and you switch back to fire and you start blasting again. <laughs> and then I started blasting. If you don't, if you take too short a time over the ice window, when you are in the max spell speed build, you can prevent yourself from regaining all of your MP, oh. which will really mess you up. Yeah. Uh, so be careful, young black mages who wish to uh, stack spell speed. <laughs> I did that once because I thought it was funny before it was the cool meta thing to do, um, <laughs> and I didn't know how to play it very well. It was funny. <laughs> was it good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, spell speed black mage is a thing. I am aware that both the other casters have very, very low spell speed, so their uh, yes. GCD time is quite high. It's ridiculous. Summoner in particular, the the bis like the best in slot spell speed time is uh 2.48 second gcd which is it feels really long <laughs> but i mean you're you're weaving you're double weaving all the time on that class and yeah. you're uh, gonna want the lower one black mage's uh gcd tier is one second let me check the spell speed gcd tier Oh, goodness. I never remember where to find this. <laughs> uh, should be uh, an arc one point eight five. One What? 1.85. It's absolutely ridiculous. If you play... Whoa! If you have your set for a red mage, you pretty much just swap that instant summoner without losing too much if at all. But if you switch to black mage, you will lose a lot. That's crazy. This is Damn. absolutely bonkers. That's like... The total... The total spell speed for the build is 3,655. That's like... That's like getting to WoW tier levels of GCD. And the hard part Every... about that is that it gets screwed up if you ever go down in levels, or if you give her to do a trial yes. that's level 70 or oh. 60. That's only specifically for level 80. You can't ever oh. sink down. They stack Shh. almost exclusively spell speed gear. There's a one piece of gear in this entire list which does not Sorry, two pieces of gear in the entire list, which don't give them spell speed. 
it's on top awesome. of Black Mage already being not very down sync friendly <laughs> because the rotation changes every ten levels. Rotation the rotation doesn't change so much as it gets new stuff added into it. Right. So when you sync down, you just get a downgraded version of your current rotation. It's not like Summoner, which has an identity crisis every ten levels. Yeah, we are, we don't we don't talk about that. We're just okay. <laughs> um, mana, what's that? Mana, oh, <laughs> <laughs> mana isn't a thing for black mages. Literally, I it all it dictates is how long you get to stay in your fire phase for. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just a part of the rotation, and yeah. I don't think does red mage ever really need to use lucid dreaming. Because if you had a full up time fight, it would technically. I'd have to double check the timings, but it'd probably be after every minute and a half of constantly casting. If there's no downtime, you'd probably use lucid dreaming. Okay. If you're not careful, uh, it can eventually catch up. Theoretically, okay. you will eventually run out of. It like, takes four, quite a long minutes. time, though. After yeah. three or four minutes, you will run out of. Yes. I know with uh, with Summoner, you literally never run out of mana. You won't ever drop below 7,200 uh, unless you die or have to raise someone. Or you mess your or rotation you're spamming up. rune 2. Or you're spamming rune 2, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't spam. Okay, it's so bad. It's It lowers your DPS. It uses way more mana. It's just, it, it's icky. Try not to use it as much as you can. I'm even speaking still really bad for that. Yeah, speaking of raising... Speaking of raising, uh, summoner and red mage, you can raise. Yeah, you get a you get a, a revival button. Uh huh. For summoner's uh, resurrection, for red mage, it's actually berets. Yes. Yeah. Summoner gets theirs at level twelve, the same as all the healing classes. Yeah, it's really nice. Red mage gets theirs at level sixty-four, which is a bit yes. later. Ironically, Verae's has a longer cast time than any of the other resurrecting spells. But... Really? But you know, that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. But you never use it unless you dual cast, even if it's just you carrying yourself. Yeah. Uh, dual cast means you just get to cast it instantaneously, which is wonderful. Yes. Yes. Uh, Summoner, on the other hand, might have to sacrifice their swift cast for it, which is... Ow. You can do it once after your opener, but like, cause the way the timings work out, you basically get one free swift cast every rotation, every full rotation, because it's like three minutes, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have to raise twice, it's gonna it's gonna suck. Yeah, really would. Speaking of swift cast, um. Casters use it as an offensive tool. Yes. Almost exclusively. Mm -hmm. uh, Unlike as a healer, where you will want to save it for raising or uh, emergency healing. Yep. Uh, casters use it either as part of their rotation or as a reactive tool or for, oh no, I need to move, but I don't want to waste damage. Yep. Uh, for and... Black Mage, it's a part of the rotation. Um, you can look up the rotation. You can see where they use Swift Cast. Um, it's easy enough to find. Uh, uh, shout out to Off Morning. Good. Uh, if yeah. you don't know the rotations, we're probably not going to go too in depth with them here today. But uh, there's this website. It's called Off Morning. It uh, 
<laughs> it is what the caster privilege is, um, because it is an extremely in-depth, super hyper-meta breakdown of everything just casters. And no other job or role has this type of resource. We are we are very blessed as casters that somebody has put this website together. It's fantastic. Right. You gotta check it out. I understand that, that you can see like... the classes how in depth the fights you can go if you really want to be quite a top tier caster, not even at the basic level. Yeah. If uh Aquamorning can be a, a bit scary for newer players, so just checking the balance is most of the time fine enough unless you want to get really deep into the nitty gritty. True, true. Um, yeah, Summoner, what do you use Swiftcast for? Um, specifically, I use it um after, uh, during Demi Bahamut phase because okay. I go. Rune four. Okay, hold hold on. I need I need to look at the rotation here. It's, um, <laughs> it'll be a very rune... complicated question. Yeah, so it'll be rune four. In Kindle Bahamut, rune three, rune three, rune three, and then rune four. In Kindle Bahamut, rune four. Try disaster, rune four. And then that's where the mandatory swift cast, because you have to rune four, swift cast, rune three at the end. To get an extra. It, it's really important that you do this because uh, Demi Bahamut takes a little bit before it follows up on your attacks, because it does follow up attacks. And you should always be getting what what are called worm waves and you should have eight of them but they only happen after you cast either a ruin skill or outburst but that's garbage um um yeah so swift cast is used to make your pet do more damage yeah the the general rule of thumb though is that in in demi bahamut phase you need to cast uh, four instant casts, and two of them have to be at the end. This rotation I just said is actually five instant casts, but it's for uptime. Otherwise, you still have to cast a ruin too, which is poopy. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm not. Anyone that plays summoner, summoner you'll, you'll you'll get it. Yeah. Uh, I know Demi Bahamut comes out at 70, though, so prior to that, um, yes. I suppose you would only really wish to use it as a movement tool. Yeah, honestly, with Summoner, before 70, it's not actually too complicated. It's just kind of keep your dots up, use your Fester with your dots, move around with your Eggy Assaults, and that's, that's kind of it. Mm -hmm. uh, Isaac? Yes. Uh, what do you swift cast for in red mage? Use swift cast for two things. Use it if there's a a bunch of movement in the fight, and dual cast will not cut it. There, that's when you use swift cast offensively. Defensively, use it to raise some. Hmm. 
though most of the time you can just rely on Jolt or Verkir if it rays. You can definitely rely on Jolt or for the rays. Yeah. Don't be afraid to use your swift cast as to, to smack things. Be afraid whatsoever. Be very nice. Especially, it has a lot more utility than people think. Because oh, yeah. sometimes you might be trying to balance out your mana gauge as a red mage. So you'll just go to yourself, oh, I have a little bit too much white mana. I need more black mana. You just do a swift cast on a, bl on a black mana spell. And then, you, and then it starts to balance it out a little bit more. Little things like that. That's actually really helpful. Yeah. Uh, I think what I've been using it for so far, I don't know if this is right at all, and I would like to ask for your opinion on this. Um, when I don't get... Uh, so Red Mage has the thing where you get either Verstone or Verfire 50% of the time off of mm -hmm. Thunder and Guerrero. When I don't mm -hmm. get either of them, I swift cast to just cast one of my big chunky spells. Is that acceptable as a use of it? Hmm. So you just switch cast a Ver Thunder or a Ver Arrow instead of waiting for the yeah. Verfire Ver Well, Verstone? if I if I don't have uh, either Verfire or Verstone ready to cast. Hmm. I think it might be more optimal to use a Jolt and just continue doing Ver Thunder or Ver Arrow in that particular instance. As long as you're not losing it, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I don't think it's an optimal, I should say. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Another thing you can use Swiftcast for is not dying. Ooh, no, I do like not dying. Don't die. You, you, you don't have to stand there and hardcast while you're standing in the orange AoE puddles. You can... You can slide cast, you can swift cast out of it, you can use whatever movement tools you have available at the time. Just don't don't stand in the AoEs because you're, <laughs> you're just like, oh, maybe I can finish this cast. Maybe. No, 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 no. Don't risk it. it, it if usually you, you can't. Usually you can't unless you already know the fight really well. Uh, yeah, dying is... Like in every other episode we've talked about dying... It's the worst possible thing you can do. Dying is a bigger damage loss than uh, missing a single spell. <laughs> yeah. You could stop casting and just move, and it would be less mm -hmm. DPS loss than if you died. When you die, you get a 25% damage down for a minute. That's not to mention the probably the 10 GCDs you would have lost died. Yeah, just waiting for the raise. You spend time dead on the ground. And you'll also have no mana yeah, when you like... get back up. <laughs> That's true. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the middle of your rotation, it's going to mess everything up. Mm -hmm. like it's, I feel like it's the most punishing to summoner in Black Mage, isn't it? Oh god, it's so punishing! It's Because it resets your, your demi summons. It, if you're it's like so... about to go into Phoenix, you're back at Bahamut, and it's, ugh, it's just a disaster. <laughs> It's oh, not so actually it's... so bad for Black Mage, because at the start of fights for Black Mage, you always start in ice anyway, to put up your Eno Chain and get your Blizzard uh, 4. Well, that's nice. This is, this, this is not actually what you always do. This wildly depends on rotation. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but you can switch back to ice and immediately gain back all your NP. Pop your Eno Chain and just keep going as if nothing happened. That's nice, actually. 
It does suck because Black Mage has a resource that they can start building at 70 that they use to cast some of their big, very chunky spells, and you, if you haven't used that and then you die, you lose it. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, it's fine. Uh, obviously, the damage zone is still much worse than uh, simply simply having just not casted that one spell that you could have not cast to <laughs> move out the way. But, you know. Now we're, we're getting into the, uh, the instance stuff here. Four-man things. Ah, instances. Um, <laughs> what is this? It says in the show notes, uptime is easy. Uh, yeah, and uh, in normal four-man dungeons, uptime is going to be pretty easy. You just stand far away from things and don't move into AoEs. True, actually. Uptime the whole time. They don't, they don't punish you for standing far away like they like to in raids. <laughs> um, they don't have, you know, a dynamo where you have to have a donut AOE where you have to go right in nearly as much as yeah. Raids. Uh, we have a bit on uh, AOEs. Uh, may I? Yeah, Best. go for it. Okay. Uh, when do you actually use outbursts? Because you touched on it briefly before. When there's three or more targets. Fair enough. That's that's it. If there's three or more targets, um. Cast your dots. If you have Tri Disaster, you cast your Tri Disaster. Immediately cast Bane. And then you. Uh, you would go. Dots. Actually, the hard cast is kind of nice because the second uh, piece of the hard cast for the dots, because there's two dots. The second one is instant, so you can weave something out of it. A la Bane. Uh, so, but what I like to do is to just try Disaster Bane, uh, and then Swift Cast, Outburst, Energy Siphon, Pain Flare, and then do an Aggie Assault 2 when the next Pain Flare is up. It's kind of the AoE rotation, just the basics. Oh, also, Garuda Aggie. You're fighting a lot of mobs? Hello, Garuda. Does that does lots of AoE? It's good. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ifrit Aggie is uh, for single targets. Yes. It's Titan nice. Aggie, you shouldn't do. Don't do that. Well, don't do that. Don't you start giving out advice here that you should use Titan Aggie if you if you're scared. It has saved my raid instances a total of Once. twice. A total of oh, twice. That's right. Twice. Okay. Um, twice in how many months? A lot. <laughs> yes. And in about uh, in about six or seven months that we've been doing it for now, uh, more than that, yeah, about seven or eight months, rather, yeah, uh, Titan Aggie has saved the raid twice. <laughs> to put that into context, uh, we've probably raided more than a thousand times together, and twice. Yep. Uh, it is really useful uh, in solo content. If you're, um, mm. if you're trying to do, like, solo extremes unsynced or something and it's like you don't have a healer you're just getting chipped away and you're you're running out of hp you can you can use titan or if you're just out in the world uh yeah yeah uh what else black mage oh yeah what's the black okay. mage aoe stuff okay 
Um, I used to be under the impression that it was Fire 2. I've since learned that the correct Black Mage rotation is using Flare. Okay. Which, Flare is a funny little spell that uses all of your MP, unless you have used Blizzard 4 prior to that. In which case, it only uses two-thirds of your MP. So you can Blizzard 4, Fire 3, to switch back into Fire. Then you can Flare, Flare again, and then Mana Font, and then Flare a third time. Whoa. And then switch back to ice. That's a lot of damage. It's only 260 potency. I have seen black mages effectively do the most amount of damage when it comes to AoEs, though. Yeah, same. Yes. Same. That's because you have Thunder 4. Uh, Thunder 4 you should be using whenever there is more than one enemy, ever. Uh, Thunder 4 similarly has, the, uh, has an effect like Thunder 3, with a lower percentage chance to proc because it's happening over more enemies where uh after each tick there's a three percent chance that the next thunder spell uh, whenever you cast it has no cast time doesn't cost any mp and the full damage that it deals over time is added to the initial damage okay which is really good and tends to hurt things quite a lot. <laughs> I believe it. For Red Mage, it's pretty simple. It's a more simplified version of anything else. You use your single target and use, because it's dual cast based, you use your jolt. If there are two enemies or less, and, you, and if there are two enemies, you follow up with your scatter slash, slash impact. If there are three enemies or more, you use your AoE combos, which is Vero, Vero 2 or Over Thunder 2. And you follow up with an impact or scatter. And then uh, once you build up enough of your gods, you use Molinay. Use Molinay on three or more foes. Huh? Four more foes, actually. Molinay. Um, Molinay. It's French, I think. It's yes, fine. I feel bad because I'm butchering all the. Wor I'm gonna butcher all the red mage uh, attacks because a lot of it is a lot of it is French. Uh, I think one of them is German. Now that is just inconsistent. Say again? That is just inconsistent. Yeah. Um, what the heck? Sprachau, I think, is German. I think. I'm sure somebody will let me know if I'm wrong about that, but it's fine. Localization <laughs> we are team. all watching this podcast do not take what we say when it comes to the namings of these attacks. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're not an expert on languages, nor are we experts on this video game. We just play it a lot, which is different. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, but we're still giving out our, our our advice, so you know, maybe that should be worth something. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay. Uh, eight man fights. That's uh, trials and raids. Uh, we were going to talk about next, as always. Yeah. Um, namely. Uh, to uptime fully, you need to actually know how to do fights. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> As a caster, you will almost be required to perform at an optimal level. Mm -hmm. uh, a far more... There's a far higher skill floor for that optimal level because you actually have to pre-plan your positioning and yep. know which mm -hmm. boss you're fighting. And it's also going to change uh, your rotations too, depending on when you're able to move. Can just 
dance around the boss. Yeah. Do want. Same with range, physical range. They just kind of get to. Yeah. They they get they free range. They <laughs> melee range. But... Oh. Yeah. Because you have to stand still and cast. It means that you have to know what's coming, and pre move out of the way in order to be able to keep casting if you want full casting uptime, which makes yeah. it a lot more difficult. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, ah, we had the other bit which we were going to which was the intended point where we were going to plug Akmorning and say go check this out for all your rotation needs I mean this this whole episode should just be an Akmorning plug yeah <laughs> this this whole episode I, I I would say don't listen to this episode they're not paid by Akmorning we just really like them they're yeah, just, <laughs> as go casters Morning. yeah just Anything they can say is probably better than anything we can say, honestly. Might be a little harder to digest, though. That's true, which is rather the point of us being here. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so Black Mage has multiple sets that you can choose from and multiple rotations that you can choose from. I know Summoner has uh, has different openers and different rotations. There's like four different right. openers. There's one specifically that I've been using for all the Savage Fights this tier that's uh, been really good. But we'll get to uh, that. Isaac, does, does Red Mage really have any uh, variant uh, rotations or openers? I don't think they do. They're just usually the standard Red Mage opener and what all that you do is you change around your raid buffs. Uh, Specifically, your embolden, or it's mm. either third or fifth, depending on how your party alignment is or in the fight and what type of openers you're using, like a path. That's a very niche thing. Yeah. Pretty much anything. That's for higher level play. Yeah. If you know about uh, play. if you know about buff windows and and stuff, you'll you'll understand. If you don't, you'll get there. It's um. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry it's about a bunch it. Bunch of bullshit. For now. It's uh, it's just when you want to do big, big, big damage and get those high rankings. It's when you stack everybody's buffs all at once and then everybody gets super duper strong for like five seconds. They get their burst phase. I would say the thing about Red Mage is that there might there might not be a different opener, but it's like Black Mage, a very very easy mode Black Mage because repositioning um, makes a big difference. So you can fully utilize your casting up time and add minimal. Yeah. A little example that I can give for anyone watching this podcast. There's this fight uh, called E11S and he does this attack called Burn Strike. I can tell you this that nobody knows. When he does that Burn Strike which is a line AoE which has a second outer edge of a line AoE attack, he turns around he, but what people don't know is that they, they usually turn in a random direction. He actually focuses on one person on the stage and he targets them for that burn strike. Yes. No other class but a caster needs to possibly utilize that information. A black mm -hmm. mage will possibly utilize that information because he could have the entire party stuck somewhere else for a very specific black mage parse run. He stands somewhere else away from the seven other people. He can optimize the chance that he does not have to move. Just stand still and praise. Yep. 
<sighs> for summoner, uptime's pretty easy to swap around. You can just, if you gotta move for stuff, use your Aegis Alts. Uh, specifically, after Demi Bahamut, you get, I think it's either two or four free Aegis Alts that you can just use for movement whenever you want. Mm -hmm. Which is nice. And you'll have that uh, second free Swift Cast, which, if nobody's mm -hmm. dead, you don't need it. You can use it to move. Just use it. Couldn't you technically uh, raise more easily when you're in your Dreadworm chance? Um, it reduces cooldowns by 2.5 seconds. It doesn't it's, make them instant. It's the same as Astrologian's light speed. Yes. So your uh, your seven second or whatever raise becomes five seconds. It's not. It's still not great. Sitting there and standing still for five seconds just to get somebody else back alive kind of sucks. Especially when you're in Dreadworm, because uh, you need to be preparing to summon Bahamut, and you need to be getting those Ruin stacks up. Um, 24, man? Ah, yes. I like this text. This is just here because of the format. I don't know if there's anything new we can say other than rip black mages. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's so true. Yeah. Um, because 24-person arenas tend to be really, really large and they have a lot of mechanics going on all over the place, you want to be moving a lot. <laughs> which Summoner can deal with and Red Mage can deal with. But black mages, whose whole job is to stand still and cast until the world turns to dust, has to move, which is the worst <laughs> thing that could possibly happen to them. It's so bad for black mages. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh... But hey, maybe so bring enough black mages, you might just skip all the mechanics. I don't know. <laughs> if they're very good, then maybe. Bad because the more you talk about black mage, the more you just reaffirm in my mind they have so many disadvantages. It's a very skill-dependent class. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, independent classes. This this where we all get uh, an opportunity to just chat away about the classes. Who want Who wants to go first? You can go first. You're you're bits at the top. Okay. So, summoner-specific things. We have this thing. It's called. The life cycle and it follows the whole thing that the summoner rotation is a full two minutes per rotation um basically you cast your dots you, you do your opener you get 12 seconds on your dot and then you actually recast your dots early to get 42 seconds out of it and then you get 12 seconds, and then you get 42 seconds. And by the time you're back to the start of the rotation, your dots will be up. And yeah, it all just kind of aligns like that. There is one mandatory uh, hard cast for your dots after Firebird Trance. But before that, you don't need to hard cast them. Uh, da, 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 da. Ah, yeah, and as I was saying, with the um, after your trance phases... Aggie Assault usage is free for 26 seconds, optimized for movement or for weaving. 
that's just uh some basic stuff there uh the dot syncing yes the mandatory swift cast spot i think we talked about that already in the in the demi bahamut phase that's really the only spot where it's really important uh pets and movement okay so i had a lot to say here um so your eggies let you move for free at no cost great your other pets your demi summons uh despite your abilities all becoming instant uh well in firebird uh and despite the fact that they do things on their own you should be standing still with your demi summon up as much as possible because guess what what was that noise i think that was isaac's phone i see i see sorry so basically okay. what happens is when you move your demi summon follows you your bahamut your phoenix follows you follows you around despite it still being within range of hitting the boss and it will wait to do its actions until it's finished moving which is really bad especially when you only have a one second window at the end of extra leeway where the last either um was it like scarlet fire or something or uh the worm waves from demi bahamut uh, they're, they're, they won't come out if you move too much, and you're going to massively lose DPS. On top of that, when you summon your Bahamut or your Phoenix, your Eggy goes away. And because your Eggy goes away, and because your Eggy takes about 2.25 to a full 2 seconds to actually finish what actions it has queued up this means that you can potentially just lose abilities from your pets because they just ghost and then your your summon comes out and it's gone and you lose the ability oh no uh it's honestly one of the most infuriating things about playing summoner i'm glad they're reworking it uh for endwalker very very glad about that uh, but for now we gotta deal with it and the best way to deal with it is to, uh, in, in your opener, there's going to be a certain way you can go about um, casting your abilities in a specific order. I know with the, with the Eggy Assault 1, it has to target the enemy. But with the Eggy Assault 2, at least for Ifrit, it's an AoE. And it'll come out way faster than the targeted one. So you want to do your last Eggy Assault as Eggy Assault 2 and then Ruin 2 while you're still in Dreadworm Trance or Ruin 3 while you're still in Dreadworm Trance so it's instant and then this is where you prevent the ghosting because you look at your buffs to see if you have a full 4 Ruin stacks if you do you look at the boss's debuffs check to see that the Akin and Kindle went off you have to do this very very fast uh, if it's not, cast another Ruin 3 
instant death flare summon Bahamut, rune four, do your do your Bahamut stuff. Uh, if if it was all perfect and all just went off, great. You don't have to cast an extra GCD. But if it didn't go off, you you should. It, it might even be better just to wait if you're not sure. I do it sometimes. And it's it's not that bad. But getting the extra GCD in there is nice. Uh, seconding Kindle is weird uh, with your Ifrit. Because the second in Kindle, at least with the second GCD Dreadworm Trance opener, it comes up immediately after your Phoenix Bird or your Phoenix Trance is off cooldown. So you want to summon Phoenix right away so that you can apply the dots, which will be running out on that very same GCD. So that in Kindle is going to have to wait until after you're done with Phoenix Bird. The tricky thing about that is is that your Aether Pact alignment uh, doesn't quite line up with it at the end, and you it's just it's just weird. You gotta kind of like play it by ear based on what your party needs, what you need. Sometimes you can wait and you can you can save the Aether Pact uh, until the was it third in Kindle or whatever. But I, w I wouldn't necessarily do that. Oh, no, that's the pot timers. We're not talking about that. Um, We're definitely not talking about pots. Uh, yeah. Nope, no pots. Yeah. This is, this is baby info. Potions are nice. We're not talking about raid pots. Just check them out. They do good things. They are a part of the summoner opener. I am going to... If you, if you see anything... On any of the openers uh, that looks like a little glass vial, that's the potion. Um, they're expensive, so I wouldn't worry about getting they're them. Very expensive. Yeah. And you use them every uh, opener. You can get through just about every fight in the game without them. So, uh, other than like very very difficult savages and uh, ultimates, but that's it. I wouldn't worry about it otherwise. Uh. Sorry, I actually use the uh, 110 second alignment rush opener with the first dr uh, GCD Dreadworm Trance. That's the one I okay. use. Pretty good. Right. It's consistent. It aligns very nicely with, uh, with the current raid tier. But yeah. Okay. That's all I got to say about Summoner for now. For now. That was a fair bit. My goodness. <laughs> I, I don't have nearly that much stuff to say about make it very straightforward just cast your spells make sure you use your full cast so you cast the longer cast spells whether it be for thunder or arrow uh, right after a jolt always do that and then you can when you have a proc for your fire or stone use those build up your mana, mana gauge to 80-80 your entire scorch combo and then you use your ODCs to do a magnification, and you're at 40-40 mana. You get to 60 or uh, at 60 mana, it still would be fine. It would be the same amount of deep mana gain as when you had 40-40 mana, and you just use your embolden your flesh economy, your acceleration as possible, as soon as possible, and then 
Hopefully you get lucky, get more procs, get more mana, and then you get to do your Scorch combo more often. That's basically the gist of it, quite frankly. Uh, if we're talking about a basic skill floor, if you were to just do any sort of cast or DPS and if you want to entertain the idea of casting or getting into that more granular stuff as uh, illustrated, I would start with Red Mage. If all that granular detail was a little bit too much for you. <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, Black Mage has very little on it. <laughs> oh. Black Mage, um, what I have written down for just general things to say is um, how to uptime. Uh, you have a move that you learn at level 50 called Ethereal Manipulation that lets you teleport to a party member. And another move that you get later on called Between the Lines that lets you teleport to your ley lines that you place down. Ley lines let you cast faster, so being in them at all times is best. Learning how to teleport out of danger and how to teleport back towards your ley lines optimally, and also using your mana ward to shield yourself from AoEs is perhaps the most important thing in Black Mage for actually dealing damage. Because if you don't know how to do that, it's going to be uh, a bit painful. <laughs> You're going to be actually moving about all the time instead of casting. But if you know how to teleport to and from your allies, then you don't have to move nearly as much, and you can just spend all your time casting spells. It's great. <laughs> I'm not good at it, and I've been playing it for a while. Uh, I'll, I touched briefly earlier on triple cast. I said you don't move when you use it. Uh, you may be wondering, oh, when when do you use it? Uh, you use it, you place down your ley lines, and then you use it inside of the ley lines because uh, fire four, your really big chunky damage spell from level sixty, has a higher cast time than your recast time. So the idea is, when you use triple cast, you can cast all of your fire fours as instant casts and weave things in. That's really good, and you oh. shouldn't. Yeah, that's clever. You shouldn't. You shouldn't move. You're just casting everything in your ley lines to cast really, really quickly. Uh, that's all you do, is just cast things really fast. Uh, while standing still the whole time. Ooh. Uh, sharp cast. Uh, at earlier levels, I believe it comes in with a cooldown of 30 seconds. No, sorry, a cooldown of uh, a minute. Um, so every two rotations, you get to cast your Fire 1. Uh, so Black Mage has a thing called Eno Chain, which drops if you ever uh, run out of Fire or Blizzard, um, because it has, I believe, 15 seconds on it, and then you run out. What you do for... What's the word? Oh. Uh, what you do for your uh, Fire 1 is you sharp cast it, and then that lets you cast Fire 3 for free, which is really good. Uh, right in the middle of your Fire rotation, so you go Fire 4, Fire 4, Fire 4, sharp cast, Fire 1. Then you can do 3 more Fire 4s, and then Fire 3 on top of that. Uh, that's also when you use Swift Cast. You Swift Cast the Fire 1. It's really good. Uh, it means that you can just get as many spells out as possible. 
in as low a time span as possible without danger. If you want to be more dangerous, there's other ways you can do it, like using your swift cast to cast fire fours. Um, generally, not so much of an issue. Uh, yeah, so sharp cast is to let you get more spells out, and triple cast is to let you get more spells out. Everything's about casting more spells more quickly and causing more explosions to happen. And that's it for Black Mage, I think. Oh, magic. I don't, I don't believe power. I crushed over anything important other than <laughs> the really late level 80 stuff, which we don't count. I mean, that's kind of everyone's goal, though, right? Let's get to level yeah, 80. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, Despair is your... is, like, the very last bit. So you cast Despair, it uses all of your remaining MP, so you go three fire fours, a fire one, three more fire fours, and then your free fire three, and then Despair. In that order. And it uses up all of your MP, but at the same level that you get Despair, switching to Blizzard costs zero MP, so then you immediately cast Blizzard three afterwards. And that's basically the whole rotation in the fire bit, is just cast as many fire fours as you can, then despair. Then if you have mana font up, pop mana font, cast another fire four, and then a despair. And then switch back to ice. And then use xenoglossy if you have it. And then blizzard four, and put your dots back on. Black mage is so easy. Um, <laughs> the difficulty is in standing still and teleporting. That's where the actual skill is. Yeah, you gotta be really knowledgeable about the fights. You, mm -hmm. you also just have to be really good. It's Honestly, a lot of practice. when I see a black mage and I see that they're like doing good as a caster, I'll just go stand with them in their ley lines because I know they're usually in a pretty good spot. <laughs> I'll just be like, yeah, I trust you. You know what you're doing, right? Smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we, have anything, do we have anything else to say? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. This episode was a little more in-depth than, uh... Well, it was a bit more in-depth for Summoner than it usually is. Ah, well, okay, <laughs> listen. Summoner has a really high skill ceiling. Every class has a really high skill ceiling. Has a really really low skill floor, though. You can, you can get away with a lot. Again, this is true of almost every class. But you can, can you can bumble your way through the game barely knowing how to play it and still get through all of the normal content just fine. Oh, right. Normal content. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shoot. Normal content. That's stuff most people do. Oh, no. Oh, you know, barely is... anybody actually touches savage content. What's happening to me? Uh... <laughs> I'm becoming a sweat. Why, <laughs> uh... Akara, you love it. For I, most I normal really content, do. you <laughs> barely need to look at anything rotation-wise. Uh, if you want to get into extremes or savage content, Ack Morning is the place to go if you really want to get all the details. But if you would rather keep it a bit more simple but still know what you're doing, the balance is the place to go. Or And uh, honestly, I think these three classes are going to be a big lesson in what type of player you are and what type of player you want to be. Because each of these three caster DPS play very, very different. Yeah, Absolutely. that's true. They they all really have their own identity, despite mm -hmm. all being, oh, arranged magic. Absolutely, they're 
that's why we have three separate people for this episode because you can't talk about yeah each of them you can't talk about them as a whole you need people to talk about them as an individual class uh that said thank you so much isaac for coming yeah uh, thank you we thank appreciate you so much your expertise Ah, well, thank you. I'm glad you considered expertise. Thank you so much. Of course I do. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if this episode would have been nearly as good without you. Thank you. You're way too kind to me. I'm glad you had me on. It's an honor. You deserve it. Of course. Also, I, I wouldn't want to another black mage on here other than you. Exactly. That's why we waited to do this episode with you. We wanted uh -huh. you, Isaac. We, we weren't gonna. We weren't gonna settle for less. <laughs> Uh, make me want to get an entire team just so I can get your E12S clears right now. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't make you suffer like that. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing, mm -hmm. though. Also, if you have any questions about stuff, feel free to join our Discord. We're, uh, we're not, it's... we're not crazy, crazy good, but we... We know some things. Uh, the the Marble Gun Discord, which is our yes. free company Discord. Uh, there's a link to it in the show page. Yes, yes, the whole the whole show page, just the, the main the main page, the thing that says Refugees of Eorzea. It has it has our Discord there. Yeah, feel free to drop in and and I don't know, complain at us about how bad the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could do that if you want. Yeah, but there's there's usually have people it in here. Spades. Uh, that said, uh, we are we are part of the free company Marble Gun, uh, which is a top ten free company on Adamantites. Yes. Um, so if you would like to join, by all means, uh, we are recording on the lovely set provided to us by our friend Erden Ka, who once more has not been in the game for a very long time. It's uh, plot set or not plot seven. Um, it's Ward fourteen flat seven of the not subdivision i don't know what you would call that but uh flat seven check it out if you have the time it's a lovely little place it's decorated very pretty yes. very prettily hmm. with that i think i'm going to hit the stop recording button all right bye everybody bye bye have a wonderful day whatever time it is for you yes mm -hmm.